Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. We're starting a series called this, With This Ring. With This Ring. Over the next uh, number of weeks, we're going to just be looking at this theme, With This Ring. There's a lot of value that comes with this ring. When the question is asked, will you marry me, and uh, some sort of exchange of jewelry takes place, there's more value than just the price tag on that piece of jewelry. When rings are placed on fingers and vows of covenant are made, there is incredible value that is taking place. There's a, uh, the weightiness of a covenant that comes with it. And so we want to talk a little bit about that over the next number of wing, uh, next number of weeks, rings. I don't know. I said the next number of wings. Love gives you wings. It's amazing. We're going to talk about that over the next number of of weeks. I wonder if you would, we're going to pray, dive into the word, and trust that God would speak to us about love and marriage over the next few weeks. Jesus, thank you so much that you care about the details and the seasons of our life. I pray that you'd speak to us through your word today, that you'd change our way of thinking, that you would fortify uh, that in our mind which uh, is right, and you would uh, help emulsify and move things that, uh, that ought to be thought of differently. We trust you to do just that. Use your word to change us. In your name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 This week marks uh, 20 years since my wife and I met. 20 years ago. 20 summers ago. Uh, someone in a crowded room said, hey, see that girl over there? It's her birthday. You should go embarrass her. And I thought, that's great. I like girls and I like embarrassing people. And so I walked across the room made sure I had the undivided attention of a few hundred people, and uh, I sang happy birthday to her. Little did I know I would get her undivided attention for the rest of my life. And so that was the beginning of uh, our love story 20 summers ago. I mean, when you can start counting your memories in decades, you're getting old. You're getting old. And so we're enjoying every step of this journey together. Uh, happy birthday is our special song. Like some people are like, oh, this is our song. Happy birthday is ours. It's, it's crazy. So, uh, so we, we get to think of it often. But it's an amazing thing, the, the weight of, of covenant that comes with the exchange of rings. Not that long after, a couple years after we met, uh, I remember purchasing a ring. I remember it exceeding the amount that I could take out of the ATM on one day in value. And so I brought my brother along. I said, I'm going to take some out of your account and pay you back. We're both going to hit up this ATM machine and get all the money we need because I'm going to go purchase a valuable ring, a ring of great cost. But it costs more than, than the price tag would indicate. Love costs more than the price tag of the ring. There's a lot that comes with this ring. There's a lot that comes with this ring. You know, I was looking at, at the, the, the scripture this week, and I'd love to point out your attention just a, a few different scriptures that I think will act as like a foundation for these next few weeks, okay? We're going to talk about marriage from a few different angles, talk about relationships from a few different angles, but I'd love to just set a foundation for us so that we're, we're on the same page, that we're moving in the same direction. Is that cool with everyone? Okay, turn to the book of Proverbs, if you would, Proverbs chapter 19. As you're on your way to Proverbs 19, I wonder how many people in the room, you are married. Can you make some noise if you're married? Come on, wave your hand, make some noise. Okay. 
How many people in the room are not married but would like to be? You're like, I'm not married. And I'm not saying you'd like to be right now, but it's, it's an adventure. <laughs> like, you're like, I don't want to be that desperate, but you're like, yeah, someday, one day, when things are right, when the person's right, I'd like to be married too. Can you make some noise? Come on. Make some noise. Okay, so we got some pairs and we got some spares in the room. Awesome. We got pairs. I'm speaking to pairs and spares today about, uh, about the plan that God has, all right? It's funny, the married people were a little bit louder, which is a good sign. It's a good sign. It would be weird if it went the other way. Who's excited to get married? Everyone's excited. Who's married? And people are like, eh. That would be a little bit worrisome. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. Uh, this will act as kind of a basis for us over the next few weeks. So, Proverbs tw- uh, 19 and verse 14, it says this. Houses and wealth are inherited from your parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Man, that's a good scripture right there. Houses and wealth are an inheritance from your parents. Some of you are like, man, my parents, not my parents. Not my parents. <laughs> not my parents. Like, like I, I, I just got weird-shaped feet and, uh, you know, funky hairline. I, like, not my parents. I didn't inherit any houses or wealth. Here's a principle that, it, that is being spoken to here. There, there is uh, a right that is extended to children as a simple extension of being born. When you're born, especially in the, the culture spoken of here in Scripture, just simply being born, uh, it gives you the right to certain things, houses and wealth. Saying, like, you and I as people, we have rights. We have certain rights that are extended to us. Those rights involve wealth in the exchange of property, and they come by virtue simply of being born, having the same genetics as your mom and your dad that that, that would pass down in terms of lineage. But he says this, uh, a a spouse, not just a spouse, it says a a prudent or a wise wife. You could extend the same to a husband. A spouse is not a right that that is earned by virtue of being born. It is a gift given by God. To find that person that would bring the best out in you, to find that person that you can bring the best out of, to share and build a life together. That is not a a, a right that is extended to you just by virtue of being a human. It is a gift that God gives. It's a blessing that God gives. Let me show you further. In the book of of Proverbs chapter 18, in uh, verse 22, it says this, He who finds a wife finds what is good. And he receives favor from the Lord. So it means this, that there are certain things that are right, okay? You have a right just by extension of being born to the the property and land and wealth that are your parents. And if they're not rich, I'm sorry. But you have a God who is watching out for you, who has a plan for you, who is, is favoring you, and he says the one who finds that person to build and share a life with is experiencing the favor of God. So it's not a right, it's a reward. It's not a right, you just showed up and this is yours. It is a reward. You see, in this culture and time and context, doesn't matter how good of a son or daughter you were, you got born and so it's yours. You're inherited. But uh, the favor of God is a reward. Now, I know what you're thinking. There's someone here going, hold on. A reward is based on performance. Like a reward is based on what I do. 
A reward is based on how good I am. Like if you perform well, you are rewarded with uh, a good grade. If you perform well, you are rewarded with, uh, with a good opportunity. But it's different in our relationship with God. He doesn't reward based on performance. He rewards based on his character. Like that, that is the nature of God. He gives not because we've earned or deserved, but because of who he is. The Bible says this, this is love. Not that we love God, but God loved us. In fact, it goes on to say this in 1 John, God is love. Love is not what he does. Love is not like he, he, we caught his attention somehow by our good acts and behavior. He's like, wow, you're a, you're a good kid. I love you. Love is actually an overflow of who God is. And because he is, he loves. Because he, he is, we experience his love. So, so it says this, that, that you have rights that are given to you by extension of simply being alive. But then the rewards that come from God aren't built on your performance. They're not built on your lineage. They're not built on your pedigree. They're not built on, on your, your list or your resume, your, your list of good deeds. They're simply an overflow of God's favor and kindness and goodness and grace. And there's someone here, you say, I come from a long line of awkward relationships. I come from a long line of broken relationships. I'm here to tell you today, your relationship going forward is not uh, linked to or connected to the inheritance that comes through your mother or your father. It is a favored reward of God. He has someone chosen for you to build your life with. And that's good news. I'm more excited about that than you are. I think you ought to get a little bit excited about that. God has a reward for you in the form of a person. It's amazing. He who finds a wife finds what is good and finds favor with the Lord. Land and property are an inheritance from your parents, but a, a spouse, a husband, a wife, that's a gift from God. In the book of James chapter 1 and verse 17, it says this, every good and perfect gift comes from above. From God, who is the father of lights in him, there is no turning and there's no shadow. Meaning this, God, God's opinions don't shift and change with the seasons. Funny, like we're in wedding season, right? People talk about like it's a wedding season. Right? We're getting near the end of the wedding season. And people plan their, their weddings usually based on can we do an outdoor ceremony? Right? Can we, can we be in the picturesque place we want to be? And we'll put it into the next wedding season. But in God, there isn't seasons in the same way we think of seasons. Because in Him, there's no turning, there's no shadow. It's always time for God to pour a blessing on people. It's always the right time for God to pour out his favor on your life. It's always the right time for grace and mercy to extend from God to the people that he loves. That's his favor. That's his reward. It's good news. You know, I was talking with, with Barbara earlier this week as they were, her and Sam were preparing for their wedding, and uh, she shared with me that, that last year, this month, last year, we were talking about, about marriage this month, last year. We were going through a series on relationships. It's kind of what we do in September. And this month last year is, uh, is when, when she looked across the room and saw Sam in church. This month last year. 
as uh, she opened her heart to the expectation, perhaps God has a great plan in store for my life. It's amazing what a year will do. There's someone in here today, I wonder if you, you've lost hope. I wonder if you've gotten discouraged. I wonder if you've become dismayed by your experiences or, or by your heartbreaks. I want you to know God has favor for you. He loves you. He's got a, a plan for you. And there is the, the reward and the weightiness that comes with, with a ring. Like some people are like, I'm just so excited to have a ring to show around. Be more excited about all that comes with it. Come on, be more excited. Weddings are kind of funny, aren't they? Aren't weddings funny? Weddings like like a group of people dress up the same. When else in life would you want to dress up the same? Right? But this one time you have the great honor of being part of the wedding party, and, and by extension, you're like, we're all going to dress up the same. It's just kind of a funny thing we do. And then at some point, like, someone throws flowers at you. Like, okay, everyone, going to throw some flowers. Well, that's weird. Right? Like, weddings are kind of funny. People have the, this mindset. Like, how many people in the room, you have specific thoughts or ideas? Or if you're already married, you say, I had going into specific thoughts and ideas of exactly what I wanted my wedding to be like. Can you wave your hand at me if that's you? You like, you had a little dream board. You had a little Pinterest. Maybe Pinterest before there was Pinterest. It was like internal mental Pinterest. You're like, oh, I like that. Oh, we're going we're gonna to decorate. The centerpiece is going to look like that. How many people are like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just going to be awesome. Anyone you, you with me on that? You're like, yeah, it's going to be great. Weddings are kind of funny. Like weddings are, are kind of, and weddings don't necessarily represent what marriage feels like. Come on, some married people. Right? Like imagine when you wake up in the morning, your spouse looking so beautiful. His hair is all over. Jungle breath going on. And then imagine if all your closest friends and family walked into the room with, with glasses and cutlery going, ding, 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 we demand a kiss. <laughs> like, no! Like, that's, like, weddings are kind of, they're weird. And then you've got photographers and videographers taking pictures of you and filming you. And, and, and when you do something they like, they're like, oh, do that again. Can you do it again, but maybe, like, like, move your hand a little different this time? Or hold that, hold that, hold that right there. Yeah, perfect. We're just going to change our, our, our camera settings, okay? Just hold it right there. The lighting. Like, imagine that in the middle of a, a, of a fight with your spouse. When you finally decide, I'm going to stop being egotistical and arrogant, and I'm going to open up my ears and listen. Imagine if a photographer walked in, like, wow, hold that right there. Just hold that. That was a really big moment right there that happened. That was beautiful, the way you sacrificed for one another. And can I just change my camera settings? Just hold that. Hold that expression right there. Like, it seemed really sincere. Weddings are kind of funny. We get really excited about weddings. Like, we get excited about them, don't we? But it's the marriage that I think ought to be celebrated. Right? It's the marriage that the wedding represents. That ought to be celebrated. And then you talk to, to, to brides and grooms like, oh, weddings are so expensive. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, what, like everything I do seems to come at a cost. Well, welcome to marriage. Like, that might be the one way that a wedding gets you ready 
for what marriage feels like. Because every decision you make comes with a cost. Come on, I'm not even talking necessarily a monetary cost. Every decision made has cost and value associated with it. There's a lot of weight that comes with this ring. There's a lot of weightiness that comes with the covenant. It's amazing. I wonder if sometimes we look at marriage and we see it as a sparkly thing. Like similar to a ring, right? Like, oh, that just looks so fun. And it really is. But it's a lot of work. Like, oh, that looks so unique. It, it, it absolutely is. That's why I would, like, some people are like, oh, you're, you're like a, like, are you guys relationship experts? No. There's no such thing as a relationship expert. Like, literally, if you can get good at your own, you are winning. It's impossible to be a, 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 an expert at this big thing called marriage and relationships. Just get good at your own. Like, much like a ring, it's unique. Much like a ring, you know, marriage, it casts light in different directions, doesn't it? You talk to, to brides and grooms after they get married, like, wow, I had no idea how selfish I was. But all of a sudden, the weightiness that came with the ring, it casts light into new parts of my life, and I saw I am not as perfect as I once thought, and neither is he. <laughs> I've heard sometimes people say that, that wives enter a marriage expecting they can change their husband, and they're wrong. And husbands enter a marriage expecting their wife will never change, and they're also wrong, right? Like expectations dictate a lot of times experience, don't they? Amazing. There's a lot of weight that comes with a covenant that is made. If I could, if, if you turn with me to the book of Matthew, we're going to kind of land here today. The book of Matthew. Uh, chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19, just sharing a few thoughts to set the foundation, like I said, Matthew chapter 19. And we're going to go down to, uh, let's go to verse, uh, verse four. Jesus is speaking and he said, haven't you read this? It's in, it's in the book of Genesis. Haven't you read this? That at the beginning, God created and he made both male and and female. In the book of Genesis, it says he made both male and female in his image. That's why there is no biblical foundation for, for chauvinism. There's no biblical foundation. God made both male and female in his image. And, and he made both male and female in such a way that they complement one another beautifully and mysteriously and frustratingly. Okay, he made both male and female in his image. And then he said this, for this reason... A man will leave his father and his mother, and he'll be united to his wife, and the two will become one in flesh. So they're no longer two, but they're one. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. I like this little passage of Scripture. God, in his creative genius, in his preparatory kindness, he created the complexity of of genders. And he said, man, male and female, they're different, both in my image, both incredibly beautiful. I'm madly in love with male and female. And I have created this, this beautiful connection called marriage, a covenant of safety that they will live in. And in that covenant of safety known as marriage, they will thrive. What a gift from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. In the book of Genesis, it goes on to say this, speaking of Adam and Eve, it says they were naked 
and unashamed. And Sam said, amen. Hey, you, you chose to come to church the day after you got married, and not me. But it speaks of the intimacy that comes in the covenant of marriage. This beautiful gift that God designed, ordained, created, and then gives as a gift a reward based on his person, not on our performance, is this beautiful, safe, intimate experience. It says the two will become one in flesh. And someone's like, hold on, are we talking about marriage? Are we talking about sex? The answer is yes. Because in God's perfect design, marriage is the environment where sex is appropriate and where people thrive in relationship. You see, I, I think we, we sometimes we get this piece wrong. And if I can drill one thing home today, we get this piece wrong. We assume that being gratified, experiencing what we want when we want it is somehow a right. But the truth is, it's a reward. You see, there's people who think, on my time and on my terms, I want what I want. And God who is saying, no, 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 no. On my terms and in my perfect timing, what I designed for you, what I want for you will actually bring the best out of you. It says, for this reason, man will leave his father and his mother. He will leave the things that he has a right to, right? The, the, the land, the inheritance. He'll leave out of a mindset of what he deserves, and he will enter in to a mindset of holding on to what he has been given. Come on, somebody. He will leave a mentality that I get what I deserve. Why? Because I was born. He will leave that way of thinking out of the way of thinking that says, I get what I deserve because I am who I am. And he will enter into holding on to, embracing, treasuring, and cherishing the gift that has been given to him. And someone's like, is this like a gender, like guys leave their families and live? No, no. This is talking just about people, all right? For this reason, a person will, will graduate out of a mentality where they think selfishly, self-centeredly, what is mine? What do I deserve? And they will enter into a new way of thinking where they say, I treasure and I hold on to this beautiful gift, this person that I don't have any rights to, but they are a reward from God based on who he is, not my performance. This is good news. This is good news. This word, in the, the old King James, it, it put it this way. For this reason, man shall leaveth his wife and cleaveth, or leaveth his family and cleaveth, leave and cleave. We don't use the word cleave very often. It, it, like it, it, so in more modern translations, like be united with, because who uses cleave? <laughs> but this word, in, in its original language, it, it, it means to become cemented together. To become cemented together. It, 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 it has a, a, another use to be baked together. Could you imagine taking a loaf of bread that has been baked and saying, you know what, I just want the flour back. I just want my yeast back and my, you know, my baking soda. If we could just, I, I didn't really like this here. I, this isn't, this isn't my, it's not, it doesn't taste quite right. It's not my preference. Just take it back to its original ingredients, not how it works. 
For this reason, the beautiful design, creative handiwork of God, who has created male and female in his image, in a beautiful, mysterious, wonderfully complex idea, said it, they're going to leave a way of thinking that said, I get what I deserve when I deserve it, and they're going to begin to embrace and hold on to and become cemented in this reality. I'm getting more than I deserve out of this. And that is a healthy marriage. A healthy marriage feels like this, both husband and wife saying, how did I get away with this? I don't deserve this. Man, I haven't earned this. I got treated with kindness when I, when I deserve something different. I'm getting treated in a way I have no rights to. For this reason, the creativity and kindness of God, for this reason, we will leave a way of thinking that says, I get what I deserve, and we will embrace the grace of God that says, let me give you something that's better than you ever could have dreamed of. You know, when Marion walked into that singles group some years ago, well, I mean, let's be honest, it was the, it was the, uh, the beta version of Christian Mingle. It was like the analog version of Christian Mingle, pre-digital. One of the reasons she said, I'm not here looking for a relationship is because she only had a certain expectation of how good it could be. But then entered Rob. <laughs> and by God's grace, her expectations were lifted. Am I right? Like, by God's grace, you're like, this is actually better than I thought it was going to be. This is not like a fairy tale story. This is actually a God-ordained, creative handiwork. He's doing something here for this reason. You know, it's amazing. As people, we tend to shift towards getting what we want when we want it on our terms without the process that comes with it. You know, we want the pleasure that comes with marriage. We just don't want the pain of sacrifice. Someone's like, pain? What are we even talking about? Well, the Bible says this, that men, here's the way you ought to love your wives. Die for them every day. Someone's like, she's killing me right now. You're doing it right. <laughs> like, that's how you know you've hit that sweet spot. And it goes, hey, wives, you got to love your husband. You actually need to submit to him. Oh, oh, what's he talking about? Submit. Submit means to come under someone else's mission. It means like to partner together well. To not try to pull in your own direction. To not just try to live your own separate lives and cohabitate, but to share your life together. That's hard. He's in my way. You're doing it right. But I don't want to. Oh, there you go, sister. You're doing it right. So this is what I'm talking People say, I want the pleasure that comes with marriage. I want the feeling that comes with marriage. I want the gratification that comes with marriage. I want, I want all the feels. I just don't know about the covenant part because that part, but that's what makes it good. Like that's what makes it safe. That's what makes you naked and unashamed. It's because you say, you know the worst things about me, but you still choose me. You, like, you know the things that other people might not see on a day-to-day -day basis, but what you see in me is value because you know that you've been blessed by God. As humanity, we've always had this tendency to try to get what we want on our terms. You know, in the Bible, it speaks of Satan. He wanted honor, 
But honor comes with humility, the thing he was not willing to process. Adam and Eve wanted knowledge, but they weren't willing to be taught. They wanted to shortcut it. Abraham wanted a promise, but the promise that was his came as a virtue of patience, and he struggled with patience. Achan wanted blessing. He just wasn't willing to to forego the obedience that was required to receive that blessing. King Saul wanted victory. He just didn't really like the sacrifice part that came with the victory. Simon the sorcerer wanted power. He just didn't want the Holy Spirit. There's this story in Scripture. He's like, hey, I see you guys doing stuff. I just want, I want, I want power. Like, power comes because the Holy Spirit fills people. And I wonder if in your life or in my life, if we can tend to do the same. Like in our marriage or in our relationship with God, if we can tend to say, well, I just want what I want on my terms. And then I will become the person that you want me to be. Just give, 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 give. I wonder if in our relationship to our husband or our wives, wives, as if there are multiple. My goodness, that is a different (laughs) message altogether. But I wonder if in our relationship to our husband or our wife, we have begun to think of what they give us as our right. I deserve your respect. I deserve your sacrifice. It's your job to honor me. Man, if your conversation's going that way, you're doing it wrong. If you have to open up Ephesians 5 and remind your wife that she's supposed to submit to you, you're not doing the love part very well, okay? Just trust me. That will never end well for you. Right? If you're pulling out Ephesians 5 and you're like, hey, uh, hubby, you're not loving like Jesus right now. I'm not feeling like the church right now. You're doing it wrong. But I wonder if we, we, we transition and, and we, we give up the beauty of reward for the, the safety of what right feels like. We're like, I just want to know the rules. I just want to know the guidelines. When I do good things, I'll get good back. I'm good with that. Don't be good with that. Reward is better than what is your right. And for this reason, for the the creativity of God, like we didn't come up with marriage. We didn't come up with a a concept that it's safe to have a committed, long-term, lifelong covenant with one person that you build your life with through thick and thin, through sickness and in health, through richer or for poor or for better or for worse. We didn't come up with that. It's God's design. And for this reason, leave the way of thinking that says, I just want what I have a right to and cleave to, become cemented with someone who says, we are both being so rewarded in this. I'm getting more out of this than I deserve. That's the design God has for you. That's the plan he has for you. I remember years ago officiating a wedding, and, and uh, the husband and wife said, we'd like to write our own vows. I said, well, that's great. Yeah, we just wanted to be personal. I'm like, that's amazing. Well, what do you think you might write? And they're like, well, to be honest, we're not negative people. And so we're, we're just, we're going to write our vows differently. I said, that's cool. Creativity is beautiful. Uniqueness is beautiful. And uh, there's really no rules of what a marriage or like a, a wedding has to have. There's no like, that like wedding auditor that comes through and says, oh, you performed that wrong. There's really only a few simple things, a vow that's made. Uh, uh, it's sealed with, with some sort of like a ring or a, a token of some sort that says, I want to show on the outside what, what's taking place on the inside. And then we're going to make you kiss a bunch of times in front of us. So 
So it's totally fine. They said, yeah, we want to write our vows only with positive things. Like in wealth and in health and in better. I was like, hold up. Hold up. That's not a vow. Hold up. That's not a covenant. That's not a thing. That's not reality. Like the people in the room who've been married for a while, you can attest to this. The beauty and the strength of marriage is, is not only that you get to enjoy health with someone and you get to enjoy seasons where you have a lot with someone, it's that you can go through hard things with someone. Come on, are you with me? Married people, this would be your time. If ever you say amen, say it now. Amen. Come on, husband, say it louder. Amen. Man, I remember when Jennifer and I got married, our budget was hilarious. We could afford just varieties of different types of noodles. That's what we ate. It's like, oh, what are we doing today? Spaghetti? No, linguine. Nice. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> be like, sauce? Oh, no, salt and pepper? Even better. <laughs> Who needs sauce? You know, I'm, I'm like the guy who I'm carrying in my groceries in one load no matter how many there are. Like, I'm willing to, to risk, like, like, cutting off all circulation in my limbs. I'm not making two trips from the car. But it was really easy in that time because it was like two bags. Like, oh, here's our month. Oh, shell pastas, bow ties. Nice. But I'm telling you, there, there was romance to those dinners. Can you pass the salt and peppers so I can season my noodles? Like we, we put it to a test right away that we're in it better or worse. And there's something special, to be honest, of looking back to a season. Also funny that we thought the worst thing we'd ever experience is only having noodles to eat. There's actually more profound pain that you experience in life. And when you leave what you think you deserve and cleave to the reward that God has in store for you, I'm telling you, like, that's worth cementing your life to. That's why words like love aren't flippant. That's why weddings are public. and Why we stand together as two people make the choice to share. You know, the heart and desire of God for you and I from the very beginning of creation is that we would thrive, that we would come alive in the plan he has for us. By his great plan, he's designed like, marriage as this incredible relationship where he just continually blesses you over and over. Sharpens you, yeah. Challenges your selfishness, absolutely. But blesses you over and over and over and over again. And I'd love to pray for everybody in this room that your expectations would just be kicked up a notch. Maybe you've been married for a while. Don't settle. Don't coast. Don't drift away from the mystery and the beauty of that covenant you made together. Don't let the, the, the unique specialness of your marriage be uh, in a picture frame on the mantle. Keep it alive. For those of you who are in the early stages of your marriage, please don't listen to the bad advice that says it's all downhill from here. People will say it like, what a terrible thing to say. 
you're at a wedding, there's an open mic, and someone comes up, they're like, well, I just want to give you some advice. Like, get, you know, don't get used to having any more fun. You're like, what are you doing? Just like, just send a gift and don't waste the food budget next time. We'll keep our own roast beef, thank you very much. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't, don't listen to that. Set high expectations. Because God only gives good and perfect gifts. He only gives, and you say, man, it's not feeling good or perfect right now. God's got a way. He only gives good and perfect gifts. There's obedience maybe on this side of that blessing, but it's worth it. And for those of you who are single, man, I I wonder if there would be someone here who's who's entertaining the thought of just shortcutting the process. Saying, you know, I want to feel like I matter. I want to feel like I'm valuable. And so, you know, I'm just going to find that from someone. It doesn't matter who. Maybe even at a point you're like, hey, I'll just, I'm going to post a picture and gauge how much I matter based on how many people like it. So I want to put myself out there and, you know, the first person who shows any interest, that you know, it must be God. Once I like, like set this high standard, you don't want what you deserve anyway. Right? I want to live in a grace environment. I don't want to live in an environment where I get what I deserve. That's scary. That's terrifying. I don't deserve much. And so for this reason, leave that way of thinking that says, I get what I deserve and embrace the gift God has given you. Hold on to it. Cleave to it. Be united with it. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.